make our way back to our seats. Amen. You can grab your Bibles and stand with me. Amen. I'm going to direct your attention to the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter 5 and verse number 1. Amen. The book of Matthew chapter 5 and verse number 1. that I've been um, studying, preparing for. Um, if you haven't, say amen. If you're not, if not, we'll wait a little bit longer. Amen. Matthew chapter 5 and verse number 1. If you don't have it, Brother Noah hopefully has your back. There we go. Amen. And seeing the multitudes, he went up into a mountain. And when he was set, his disciples came unto him. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Verse 7, blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceeding glad for great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. Amen. Uh, You can be seated tonight. Here in chapter 5 of the book of Matthew, uh, there is the revealing of the responsibility, the moral responsibility between man and his fellow man. In chapter 6 of Matthew is revealed the responsibility between man and God. And in chapter 7, there is the display of equilibrium between the two. Parties. That being said, the Beatitudes listed here in chapter 5 is not a discussion of duty. But rather it is a revelation of the nature of the governance of God's kingdom in the individual. This is the revelation of the nature of God's governance, God's kingdom in the individual. And in chapter 5 is the secrets to individual dominion, uh, individual dominion and power while simultaneously living in God's kingdom and in the present world. Uh, Revealed in the discourse here uh, in chapter 5 is what is often known as the Beatitudes. The Beatitudes revealed in this discourse on the Beatitudes are spiritual and attitudinal postures that are not natural to carnal man. Uh, These things that we hear, we read about in Matthew chapter 5 as Jesus uh, begins his sermon on the mount. uh, He begins to say, blessed are the poor in spirit and blessed are they that mourn and blessed are they that are the peacemakers and, and blessed is the merciful and blessed are the pure in heart. These things are not natural to carnal man. But they are possible only by and through the Spirit of Christ. Uh, But these things must be cultivated in order to experience the promised freedom and to experience the dominion uh, that is attached by each person. By, by promise to each posture. Hallelujah. In other words, each 
uh, each of these postures, each of these attitudes have uh, connected to them a promise from the Lord. Amen. If you are poor in spirit, the Bible says the promise is that yours is the kingdom of heaven. And if you are one that mourns, amen, there's a promise that you shall be comforted. If you are uh, a person that is meek through the Spirit of Christ, the promise is that you will inherit the earth and so on and so forth. The promises included in these beatitudes are inheriting the kingdom, being comforted, being filled with righteousness, receiving mercy, seeing God, and so on and so forth. And the important point is that these postures or these attitudes lead to a personal governmental dominion and freedom that cannot be taken away by an earthly entity. Hallelujah. While the items taught on in chapter 5 are commonly known as the Beatitudes, a more simple description that I've mentioned in times past is easier to understand is the beautiful attitudes. Beatitudes is another way of saying the beautiful attitudes. And this is my title tonight, Beautiful Attitudes. Amen. It is meant to be more of a a teaching tonight and uh, trying to express to you and to feed you, amen, from the the meat of the word of the Lord and different things that the Lord admonishes us as people to uh, how we are to act and how we are to behave and the attitudes that we are to have. Beautiful attitudes. Amen. It is only possible through the Spirit of Christ. A, the, the, the Beatitudes begins, and we'll go through it uh, point by point tonight. It begins with, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Amen. To be poor in spirit is to have a humble opinion of oneself. It is to be sensible that we are sinners uh, and have no righteousness of our own. Amen. In other words, it is a proper perspective of oneself. If it had not been for the grace of God, I might be lost and down and out and without Christ, and my life might be a mess. Amen. But since He's come into my life, amen, all things are made new. And, and there are endless possibilities because of the intervention of the Lord in my life. And so to be poor in spirit uh, does not mean that you are uh, without money, you are without uh, possessions. But to be poor in spirit is to have a proper opinion of oneself, amen, and understanding uh, that uh, only by the grace and the mercies of God are we saved. Only by the grace and by the mercies of God am I still here today. Hallelujah. It's it's having the proper perspective of oneself. Hallelujah. To be willing to be in His hands. And to feel that we deserve no favor from Him. Amen. To be poor in spirit is opposed to pride. It is opposed to vanity. It is opposed to our personal selfish ambitions. To be poor in spirit is to come before the Lord. Amen. Just like the, amen, the, the publican in the temple, that the story that we read about in the New Testament, that beat his chest and said, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. That is the, uh, the description. That is the, uh, that is the visual representation of what it means to be poor in spirit. To see myself in proper perspective that I need you, Jesus. No matter how much I'm blessed in life, no matter all the things that God's bestowed in my life, I cannot be what I need to be without the Lord in my life. I need you, Lord. And the moment that we get outside of that attitude and think that I can do things all by myself, we land in a world of trouble. Hallelujah. The Bible says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. There is the kingdom of heaven. Hallelujah. To the individual that has that uh, proper perspective of themselves and their need and dependence upon the Lord. Amen. They will be participators in all the blessings of the kingdom of God. 
Amen. I want to have what God has in store for my life. Hallelujah. The moment that I begin to step out and say, well, I don't need, amen, a preacher to preach to me. I don't need somebody, the brother or the sister of the church to pray for me. I don't need anybody else. I can do it all by myself. Amen. You pull back from being a participator in the blessings of the kingdom of God. Because blessed are the poor in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn. uh, Jesus continues, for they shall be comforted. This does not say blessed are they that pout and gripe and complain about all their problems. Amen. But it says blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Amen. Those are blessed who are afflicted with the loss of friends or possessions. Uh, So what this means tonight, uh, amen, is uh, as you become aware of the needs of others in your world, as you become aware of the needs of the world, amen, that's lost without God, and you begin to weep, amen, for your brother or sister, you begin to weep, you begin to pray for the world, you pray, God, your kingdom come, your will be done. The Bible says, blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. They shall be comforted. They shall be visited with the presence of the Lord. And we know from the scriptures that the Holy Ghost is that comforter. There have been many times in my life that I can reflect back on. And I remember... I remember being in altars, altar calls in various services where I I stood there in the altar and everything seemed to be okay in my life. And I I stood there in the altar just looking and saying, God, would you, uh, you know, everything's good. I don't even know what to pray, Lord. I'm in the altar. And I looked across the altar and I see somebody that needs the Lord. I see somebody struggling to connect with God. And as I become aware of the need, now I walk over to where they were. I remember I prayed for the individual. I prayed for them. I said, God, would you help them? And, and I became aware of their need, and I acted upon that need. And I went to where they were, and I prayed for them, and I cried for them, and I prayed, God, give them a breakthrough. And God, save their unsaved family members, and, and God, work in their lives. And, and every single time as I went across the altar, I prayed for somebody else. Without fail, I remember, amen, there as I finished praying for everybody else, I lifted up my hands, and I felt the Holy Ghost visit with me, and it was new, and it was fresh, and and it was a visit from the Lord, but it was because I saw somebody else in need and said, let me minister to their need. Everything might be good in your life, but if God reveals to you the need of somebody else, it would be to your advantage, amen, to go to where they are, to pray for them, to help them however you can, because there's a blessing that comes upon your life as you respond to the needs of others. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. In those times when I mourned, I cried, I wept, I prayed for somebody else. I felt God as I lifted up my hands and the tears began to come and God began to visit with me. God began to strengthen me. I didn't realize it was possible until I reached out and helped somebody else. The, the Lord continues the Beatitudes uh, or the beautiful attitudes as our title is tonight. He says, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Meekness is being humble. It's being gentle. It's being unassuming. Not assuming the worst in people. Being gentle. Not lashing out. Being humble. The opposite of pride. Meekness produces peace. Someone that is meek is a producer of peace. It is proof of true greatness of one's soul. It comes from a heart too great to be moved by little insults. To be meek is to not be easily insulted, easily offended. 
He that is constantly ruffled and is constantly uh, thrown off course. and uh, He suffers every little insult or injury to throw him off his guard. He's at the mercy of every person uh, that chooses to disturb him. But to the meek man, the humble, the gentle man, hallelujah, that, that exemplifies in the spirit of Christ meekness. You can insult him. And he's not going to be offended. He's not going to be thrown off or his feathers ruffled. There's a blessing that comes from being meek. One of the greatest leaders of all time, if you study leadership materials, was the man Moses. Many of leadership materials and books have referenced back to the life of Moses and how that Moses could take a group of slaves that had a victim mentality and take them from abject poverty and slavery in the, the mud pits of Egypt and take them into uh, the wilderness and lead them uh, a million plus people into a place that nobody's ever been to before. And Moses could lead them and he could, uh, through the through the uh, advice and counsel of his elders, uh, implement the different leaders of uh, numbers of people and throughout the nation he could divvy up the leadership team and Moses would lead the people of Israel through the wilderness for 40 years and he would lead them to a place of promise and he would help them to get outside of that, that mentality of victimhood to when Moses was through leading them they were a people that could conquer amen the foreign nations of the world the, the enemies of God's people and the, the people of God were a fighting force Moses through the help of the Spirit of God, took a group of slaves and made them the most powerful people on the face of the earth. But the Bible says that Moses was the meekest man. He was meek. Hallelujah. He was a very meek man, a very humble and gentle man. And so to the one that says, I want to do great things, amen, keep a right attitude, keep a right spirit, be humble, be gentle. There's inheritance and there's promise that are awaiting you. And then it would seem to be very self-explanatory. The next uh, attitude that the Lord talks about in the Sermon on the Mount. He says, blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness. For they shall be filled. The one that says, God, I'm hungry for more of you. I'm thirsting for more of you. To sincerely and passionately seek after righteousness is what is talked about here. To the person who sincerely and passionately seeks after being right with God. God, uh, I want to please you above all else. God, it is my utmost desire. It is the heartbeat of my soul to please the Lord. To have that righteousness, to be right with God, to live holy and acceptable to the Lord. Hallelujah. So many times it's we find ourselves very easily falling to the trap of I want to do what I want to do. I want to please self. Amen. But to the man that hungers and thirsts and desires and looks for, and as the psalmist David said, as the heart for the deer panted after the water, so my soul panted after thee, O God. To the soul that hungers. Passionately seeks after righteousness. You will not leave disappointed. If you're here tonight. And you say I need a touch from God. I'm desperate. No one in this church will stop you. Nobody in this church will stop you. Hallelujah. You say well we didn't have altar call. But you're hungry. You're thirsty. I'm going to pray. I'm going to get a hold of God. Nothing will stop me. Hallelujah. And I would to God that every one of us had that hunger and thirst after righteousness. That said, God, I want to please you above all else. We know, amen, that there is a spirit of antichrist in the world at work today. The motto of Satan is self. Appeasement. Is self. 
But the motto of the Christian should be, I want to please him. I want to please God. I want to please him. He's got to be number one in my life. Pleasing him must be first and foremost in my life. Not pleasing self. But pleasing him has to be number one. You've got to reject that spirit that works in our world today that says do what you will. Do what thou wilt is a spirit that works in this age. Whatever makes you feel good, whatever makes you happy, do that thing. Uh, please yourself, follow your heart. Nike's uh, swoosh and their, their, uh, their emblem, their motto is just do it. Just whatever you want to do, go ahead and do it. Amen. But the scriptures say, amen, they blessed are they that do hunger and thirst after righteousness or after pleasing God. To be righteous is to be right with God. I want to please him before I please anybody else. I want to please the Lord. I want him to be pleased with my life. I want him to be happy with my life. If you are making decisions today that bring self-gratification and do not bring glory to God, you need to reevaluate your decisions today. The, 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 the decisions that you make should be based on is this Pleasing to the Lord. When you leave your house, is my outfit pleasing to the Lord? When you're with friends, is my conversation pleasing to the Lord? When you're tempted to lash out, is my response going to be pleasing to the Lord? Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Someone who is merciful... This relates to his, he relates to his fellow man with compassion and with forgiveness. Someone who is merciful relates to his fellow man with compassion and forgiveness. God will show mercy to those who are merciful. He will show mercy to those who are merciful. There's a parable in the Bible about a lender that called up one of his debtors and said, I want to collect my I want to collect on the debt you owe me. And the Bible says that the the debtor said, Be merciful to me, master. Let me go out and let me try to collect. Let me go out and try to pay that debt. And he said, go ahead, I'm going to show you mercy. And the Bible says that that debtor went out into his world of influence and found all of those people that owed him money. And he was harsh with them. And he was rough with them. And he said, pay me the money right now. And the Bible says that when the, the lender found out about how the debtor was behaving, he rebuked him and he cursed him. And he said, I was merciful to you and I, and I gave you grace and I gave you time and I worked with you. And then yet you went out and to those that had owed you money, you were harsh with them and you were rough with them. You're cursed into everlasting darkness. God will show mercy to those who are merciful. There have been many times in my life where God should not have forgiven me. From my sins. When I thought brother Noah. I don't deserve forgiveness. God if you say. You don't. It's probably what I deserve. I've been a failure. I've been a. I've been a sinner. I've messed up. I've done despicable things. I've, I've sinned. I don't deserve it. But you've all probably prayed the prayer. But God if you'll show me mercy. God, if you'll forgive me again. I know I've messed up a thousand times, God. And I know that I've failed you miserably, God. But if you'll have mercy upon me, God. If you'll help me to make it back, make it right with you, God. I'll try again to live the overcoming Christian life. 
And I know I'll go forward in the, with the help of the Holy Ghost. And, and I can't tell you how many times I've prayed that prayer and God has forgiven me over and over and over again. And God has reminded me of that, that in, those encounters that I've had with Him. Every time somebody walks in the doors of the church, amen, and they walk in a sinner, and they walk out and backside and come back, and, and whatever happens in their life, amen, you'll never find me saying, you messed up one too many times. Because God's been merciful to me. Amen. Someone could walk in and out of church over and over again. I'll say, welcome home, brother. Let's see if God will help you. Let's see if you can make it because God has been merciful to me. And who am I to, to judge them and tell them, amen, you've got no place in the kingdom of God. God was merciful to me. And he extended grace to me in the, in the time of need. Those who are so affected by the sufferings of others as to be deposed to alleviate or to help those in need. Merciful people are affected by the sufferings of others and they are of the disposition that I will help to alleviate the need in that person's life. And nowhere in our lives do we imitate God more than when we are showing mercy. You want to be like Christ? Show mercy. Show mercy. He's been so merciful to me, brother Noah. He's been so merciful to me. Every time that I show someone mercy, I imitate him. And people can see Christ in me. And they say, but you're letting them take advantage. No, no. I'm being merciful. I'm showing mercy. I'm showing grace. But they, they deserve the harsh treatment. They, they deserve this and they deserve that. But God didn't give me what I deserved. He was merciful to me. And if God was merciful to me, then I can be merciful to somebody else. Amen. God did not have to forgive me. Amen. So I've got to forgive somebody else. And I've got to show mercy. In nothing does God delight more than in the exercise of mercy through His people. Each day of our lives, each hour, and each moment, hallelujah, including the moment that we're living in right now, we are partaking of His undeserved mercy in our lives. I'm a partaker today of the mercies of God. It's only by the mercies of God that I stand before you today. Because he was merciful. You should have said, Nathaniel, you dirty dog. Get out of here. I'm not dealing with you no more. But he, he always told me, Brother Nathan, I forgive you. And there were many times I cried to God. How could you forgive me? I'm a hypocrite. I'm a sinner. I'm, I'm wretched, God. I'm no good, God. I can't do without you. All the blessings that we enjoy today are proofs of his mercy in our lives. All the things that I have today is proof of the mercies of God. And if we then show mercy to the poor, to the wretched, to the guilty, it shows that we are becoming like Him. We are becoming like Christ because we can show mercy to the poor. We can show mercy to the wretched. We can show mercy to even the guilty. Because in doing so and expressing mercy, and not giving somebody what they deserve. We say, watch me be like Christ. Watch me exemplify Christ. They're taking advantage. No, I'm showing mercy. They're abusing. No, I'm showing mercy. They're making a mockery. No, I'm showing mercy. You say that man has come and prayed in this altar and prayed through ten do a dozen times. If he comes in on the thirteenth time, I'll love him and hug him and pray him through again. And I'll show mercy. We have his spirit. 
we have abundant opportunity to express mercy. Our world is full of guilt and woe. There are many people even that grace the, uh, the, the chairs and the, the pews of the church, hallelujah, that are full of guilt and regret and woe. Amen. And we may help to relieve that. And every day our life, in our lives we have the opportunity by helping the poor and the wretched and by forgiving those who injure us. And in doing so we show them that I am becoming like Christ. I am becoming like Christ. I am showing mercy like He showed mercy in my life. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. It would behoove us, amen, to show mercy because the day will come when you and I will need mercy. When you and I will need mercy extended to us. And if we've been merciful, God will show us mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart as we continue, for they shall see God. The believer's heart is made pure and right by the Holy Spirit. Amen. We remember the scripture that the Lord told Samuel uh, in the Old Testament that man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks on the heart. Hallelujah. Amen. Man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks on the heart. God is looking for pure vessels, for pure hearts, for pure minds, for people that will love and purity. There was a song that, that I remember hearing as a kid. It said, help me to love, expecting nothing in return. Help me to give myself away, expecting nothing in return. Help me to love the way he loved. Help me to love the way that he loved. Help me to be pure in heart. For they shall see God. What does that mean? The pure in heart shall see God. Those that have allowed the Spirit to purify them, to work on them, shall find themselves in the presence of the Lord. That's how you see him. To see God means to be his friends and favorites and to dwell with him in his kingdom. To see God in this context is referring to being in his presence. The closer, the more pure that you allow Christ and the spirit of God to make of your heart, the more you'll be closer to him. God, I want to be like you. I want my motives to be pure. I remind of a prayer that I used to pray as a boy. And I still pray to this day. God, purify my motives. Help me to not love people with the expectation of what I'm going to get out of them. Help me to not have that mindset. Help me to operate out of a pure heart. No underlying threads of bitterness or vengeance or self again. But help me to love purely and undefiled. Not for selfish gain. Help me to love. And give of myself. Give of myself. These are things that if we'll live by. If we'll allow the spirit to work in our lives. There's promise. Amen. Let me quickly continue. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Refers primarily to spiritual peace. Those who help others find peace with God will find themselves at peace with God. Hallelujah for their own selves. Hallelujah. As you seek to help others find peace with God, you begin to make peace in your world. Hallelujah. It's one person. It's one soul at a time. Amen. The liberal theology, the liberal thinking of this current world in which we live is let's not work on the individual. Let's work on the whole macro uh, scale of society. Let's change governments and let's change uh, the way that we do the, the big things in the world. Let's change the federal government. Let's change the state government. That's liberal thinking, but the proper biblical thinking is how can I change me? How can you be changed? How can we change the father and the, the husband and the wife and the mother? How can we change our brother and sister? How can we be changed? How can I be changed? So many
many people today amen, are, are bumping their head up against the wall trying to change the world and yet they haven't allowed themselves to be changed and transformed by the power of God. But when you find peace with God, you help others find peace with God. You have it yourselves. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness sake. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you. And shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceeding glad. For great is your reward in heaven. It was the apostles of the New Testament. Amen. That when they were crucified some upside down. Some sawn in half. Some placed in boiling boiling water or boiling oil. Amen. Others had their heads decapitated. And each and every time they faced death, every one of those apostles said, we rejoice that we are able to partake of the sufferings of Christ. Amen. As we march towards the rapture and there is persecution that arises, it should not be us going and complaining, but saying rather, thank you, Lord, that I'm counted worthy. I'm counted worthy. I'm counted worthy to suffer for the Lord. To suffer for the Lord. Hallelujah. To revile means to insult, to mock, or to cast blame. Hallelujah. The Bible says rejoice and be exceeding glad. Regard as a great privilege to be persecuted, to suffer. Not a thing to be mourned over, but as among the chief blessings of life. If you'd stand with me tonight as we close. The Beatitudes, or these beautiful attitudes, they assert that dominion and power in this world derives from discipleship to Christ. As we live the life of being a disciple of Christ, And following his lead, we obtain power and dominion in this world. And we live above the fray because he is leading us and he is guiding us. Bondage is derived from self-preservation, rebellion, bitterness, and the quest for freedom from Christ's control. These are keys to dominion over every adverse encounter in life. These, in Matthew chapter 5, are the keys to dominion. In every adverse situation in life. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are they that mourn. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness. Blessed are the merciful. Blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness sake. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you. Amen. When you live a life of saying, I'm blessed. Hallelujah. No matter what happens in my life. If I keep that beautiful attitude of Matthew chapter 5. Amen. I'm walking in dominion and authority and power with God. And these are the keys. And the Christians, the children of God. Amen. The sons and daughters of God who live by these laws. They cannot, under any circumstances, be defeated. Hallelujah. Defeat and surrender is not in the vocabulary. It's not on the forefront of the mind of the child of God living according to the beautiful attitudes of Matthew chapter 5. Nothing is going to get me down. Nothing's going to knock me off course. I am going to live triumphantly in a world that is enslaved by envy, a world that's enslaved by greed and by hatred and by malice, a world that's enslaved, amen, by victimization. A world that's enslaved by inequality and injustice is. And they use all of these things as covers. Amen. For their lack of responsibility. But when you begin to take responsibility for your life. And say 
through the spirit of Christ. I am more than a conqueror. I can live victoriously. I can have and maintain the right attitude. He's with me today. Come on, let's lift our hands as we worship the Lord. Hallelujah. Would you lift him up right now for a few moments? Would you lift him up with me in the house today? Father, we love you, Jesus. Father, we love you, Lord. Hallelujah. As the music plays, hallelujah. Would you take a few moments on this Wednesday evening before you quickly head out? And would you just ask the Lord, God, would you help me? Amen. To live in dominion and power. Help me to live above the fray. Help me to live victoriously. Live triumphantly. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The prince of this world cometh and hath nothing in me. I'm more than a conqueror. Hallelujah. I do not respond in kind to the way the world treats me. But I can respond as Christ. I can be merciful. I can be poor in spirit. I can be meek. I can be a peacemaker. Hallelujah. I can be, amen, somebody that hungers after righteousness. I don't have to always seek self-gain. I can seek after Christ and find fulfillment and find satisfaction. Come on, would you lift up your voice with me tonight? Blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. The opposite of that scripture is, Cursed is a man that hungers and thirsts, amen, for self-appeasement, for he shall live a life of being unfulfilled. But if we hunger, if we thirst after Him, after being right with God, there is fulfillment, there is satisfaction. Come on, I need somebody to lift their voice and worship the Lord with me tonight. Oh, I love you, Lord. God, help me to exemplify. Help me to live. Hallelujah, live a life that expresses my faith to the world around me. Oh, I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I worship you, Lord. Hallelujah. God wants to strengthen somebody in the house tonight. God wants to give you amen strength. He wants to put his hand upon your life. Hallelujah, I'm not walking out of this house the same way that I walked in. I'm walking out filled and transformed by the Spirit of God. Hallelujah, come on, don't stop. Lift him up here tonight. Lift him up in the house. Lift him up for a few moments. Lift up the name of Jesus. Lift up the name. Lift up the name of Jesus. Oh, God, help me to be like Christ. Help me to be like Christ. Help me, God, to live by a different set of laws than the laws of man and of my carnal nature. Help me to live by the law of the Word of God. I can be merciful. I can be poor in spirit. I can mourn. I can be meek. I can hunger and thirst after the right things. Oh, yes, Lord. Hallelujah. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. 